When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Zolgat here telling you I'm in a stall. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Well, I think there's a part of it that's just that right there. I mean, he's got a ton of experience toward the back end of games, pitching in, in World Series games and in meaningful spots. And I think that uh, there's no substitute for that. You only have one way of learning how to do that and that's experience and I think that he brings that to our to our club certainly but what I don't want to get lost in that is this guy's a really good pitcher you know he's found a way to continue to evolve with his stuff he's never been a hard thrower even during those best years that you just referenced and so he still isn't now and, and that's not part of his game but what he can do is he knows how to use his slider about as well as anybody he's still incredibly tough on right-handed hitters so we see him as somebody who can help us toward the back end of games, maybe balance out uh, some of the guys that we have that have been pitching really well against lefties, whether it's Taylor Rogers or Ryan Harper or others. So just a good fit to our bullpen. Eon! 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 Where is he? I don't know. Rami. I'm right here, guys. What's, What's happening? Right. How's it going? Rami out in uh, Milwaukee. Mackie and Judd back here in the TCL studios. <laughs> And, Opening uh, the just, show with the trade alert system. We just want to make a, sure that no, there's been a trade. Eon. The, the trade Eon. alert system. It's a big one, too. Yes. The Philadelphia Phillies have made a deal with the New York Mets for Jason Vargas. Wow. Wow. Jason we got Vargas. a trade. Big time. They're big starting. Time it's fast right and there. furious now, boys. It's fast and okay, furious. Why, why would you even bother with the paperwork on a Jason Vargas trade? Like, because you're desperate. Am I, is he, did he have a resurgent season and I missed it? Uh, no, he he tried to attack a reporter and it didn't go well for him, yeah, and that was right. about it. But I'm sure, <laughs> but I'm sure he'll handle the pressure of Philadelphia quite fine. That soundbite you heard off the top was Twins chief baseball officer on the first place score in our Twin show earlier today. If you missed the interview or any of the two-hour extravaganza, you can go find it on the Score North mobile app or anywhere you find your favorite podcast. And he was saying they really like a lot of things about Sergio Romo, but in particular. He's pitched in big games before. He has been the best reliever on a World Series bullpen before. He's not that guy at age 36 that he was maybe five or six years ago. But this happened over the weekend. Uh, Rami is is out at Milwaukee Comedy Fest for the week, but he's also going to be doing the twin show and Mackie and Joe with Rami. So let's go around the room. We'll start out in Milwaukee with Rami. Sergio Romo in the Twins bullpen. Your thoughts? 
it's it's good. It's an upgrade. I like it. it. They needed it, but it's not good enough. This this can't be it, guys. The trade deadline is just under forty eight hours away now. There needs to be a bigger move. They need to they need to make a move that basically reorders the whole bullpen. If Taylor Rogers is still best your best arm out of the bullpen once the trade deadline is over, fine. But other guys got to get bumped down. We talk about the rotation and going and getting somebody who pushes Kyle Gibson or Jake Odorizzi down in. In your October rotation. They need to do the same thing for the bullpen. They need to get to a place where Trevor May and Sergio Romo are, you know, third or fourth or fourth and fifth in terms of the pecking order of your bullpen if you want to go deep into October. It's good. It's an upgrade. It's not good enough. Amen. And and to piggyback on that comment and take it one step further down the road too, we now guys know the price of poker. The Marcus Stroman trade, right? right? And the price of poker is a lot less than I thought. And and so instead of saying, oh, whoa, 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 this is going to be really tough. This is, you and I, the twins can't do it. They just can't do it. Sorry. I'm saying now, hold on a second. You didn't get Stroman. You you can certainly, if this is what the going rate of prospects is going to be or players, including players on your 25 man roster right now, trades are doable. So, so the Romo trade, I, I have no problem. With that trade. That's a fine first step. Rami's exactly right. I echo everything he just said. But it can't be your last move. And now that the parameters are being set for the trades and what teams have to give up to get pitching fill, I'm saying to myself, this is more doable than I thought it probably was when I walked out of the studio or left the show that we did on Friday. Here's uh, here's something that Judd and I were talking about at the end of the Scorno Twin show earlier today, Rami. And... It's something the twins have to be mindful of in the next what for less than forty eight hours. It's, wow, less than forty eight oh, hours away from clock is ticking. The trade deadline forty seven hours to be precise. And there's a lot of really smart front office people around baseball that have risen up the ranks through analytics and parsing every little advantage you can get statistically, and winning trades and and squeezing extra juice out of players, right? It's all about maximizing upside. And you all, you, you constantly hear phrases like, how do we, uh, how do we increase in the margins, right? Or how do we get better in the margins? An extra 2% here. There was a book written about the analytical raise called the extra 2%. And I just want to make sure the twins zoom out in the next 47 hours, 46 hours and 51 minutes. It's not about winning the trade in the next 48 hours. It's not about making sure that, man, if you put the two sides of the trade on a scale, the, you know, it's about giving this team a chance to win the World Series in 2019. So if you have to take a little bit of a bath on a, in, in a trade with your prospects, if you, if you feel like in a vacuum you just gave up too many prospects for that pitcher, but if you zoom out, that pitcher gives you a much better chance to win the World Series, don't worry about winning the trade. Just worry about winning the World Series in 2019. And I think it'll be it'll become much more clear what you should do in the next forty six hours and fifty minutes. It's about to me as well, understanding opportunity and circumstance. Right, the opportunity here is fantastic. You don't know in two thousand and twenty one or twenty two if the opportunity and circumstances are going to come together for you like they have right now. Mm-hmm. Right now, everything points you in the direction of if you're ever going to take that chance to do it. 
your your order up and down is has been home run wise, power wise, historically good. You can score runs. Yes, you have some bad games, but everybody does. Your league is not that great. The the big bad Yankees boys, I, I believe, in a seven day period from from a game against Colorado last Sunday through the three games they played at Target Field into the series uh, going into last night against Boston, gave up something like seventy five runs. And you're not exaggerating. People who haven't been following the Yankees might go, "Oh, Judd's being silly. He's using hyperbole." You're not. You're not nope. exaggerating at all. They gave up about seventy five runs in the last week or so. <laughs> so pounce. The opportunity's there. The opportunity, and by the way, to go back to to what we've discussed previously as well, the pitcher that you get, if you make the right trade and get the right pitcher, is probably someone that the Yankees would like to get too. So so you not only improve your team, you potentially hurt them. And guys, not not to not to, to, to you know I'm not trying to incite fear here or to even say that the Twins' days are numbered in terms of running, ruling the AL Central. It's a good young core of baseball players, and there is more young talent on the way that should add to this roster that they have right now. But that being said, things aren't going to get any easier in your division in the next two or three years if the Indians do what a lot of people think they're going to try and do, which is buy and sell at the same time and keep their window open for at least the, the time that Francisco Lindor is there, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. And if you look at what they're building on the south side of Chicago, that's a young, talented team that's made strides this year. They'll make more strides next year, and they were in on the Manny Machado sweepstakes till the end, so you know that they're willing to spend money. This is probably the easiest crack you're going to get at the AL Central in this window to contend that we're talking about with these players. You should capitalize on this now, and that's not to say that it won't be be the Twins division next year or two years from now, but this just looks like the easiest crack you're going to get out of it in a regular season. By the way, uh, speaking of the Indians, yeah, I, I, w- I was really happy to see Trevor Bauer attempt to emulate the Max Kepler trajectory <laughs> on those those fly balls that fly over his head and over the fence. It was fantastic. What a, that guy's such a clown. I mean, what like what? What are you like? Are you serious? Are you thirteen years old? When I when I played little kid baseball, yep. this is going to shock you guys. I was a little bit of a hothead from no, time to time. No, yeah. you Mackie? Yeah. No. And uh, I would sometimes when I struck out, I would like throw my helmet off the back of the fence. I'm shocked by and this. And my mom would always get mad at me and Good uh, for her ground me for a day. But, but I was I was I was twelve. I was I was thirteen when those things happen. Like when the coach pulls you out of the game for a pinch hitter because you're over four and you throw a tantrum. Yeah, um, like that's not supposed to happen when you're thirty or whatever. Trevor Bauer is what is he twenty six somewhere in there? He turns around and throws the ball over the center field, fence. and the guy in center like kneels around like what the hell just flew over my head? It did go over the fence, huh? I couldn't yes. really tell in the yeah. video. I saw where it landed. He's a long toss master. Have you guys <laughs> ever seen? Have you guys ever seen video of him early yes. on? At yes. UCLA, that guy was a maniac. At UCLA, not only would he do the foul pole to foul pole long toss, in which he would throw it from point A to point B, and there would be two different cutoff men between him coming. So, so, so they'd see? throw it like three All different people. All that practice people. paid off. He would also do this weird thing before his starts where he'd tell the catcher to move out of the way for his last couple warm-up throws, and he would do a full-on sprint crow hop from the back of the mound and throw a pitch as hard as he could off the backstop. And then the catcher would come back in and they would start the inning. I don't know if it was for like intimidation, but that guy is a psycho. 
No, he's definitely a psycho, but I'd, I'd want that psycho in my rotation. I don't, I don't know if I do anymore. I, oh, like, oh, did that really, did that really change your mind? I might be out. I might wait, be out. Wait, wait, wait. You were, you were in before, and now you're out because of that? I, I was on the fence before, and now I'm kind of out. I'm not going to lie. But you knew he was a psycho. You just not said that. that. Like, he, he literally turned around and threw a ball over the center Rami. field fence. Rami. So what? Rami, are you as shocked as me? Yes. This, I can't believe this is coming from you. I can't trust a guy in a key playoff spot to not slice his hand open with a drone or spaz out and get suspended for the series. That's he like, decides to throw a ball off the center field fence for no reason. That's like if you're dating somebody... And they're and for like five years, and they're just nuts. And the, and then they do one thing that doesn't even seem that crazy compared to what they've done in the past. And you're like, oh, that's no, I'm out. Yeah. She, Too much she, for me. She burned the chicken. I'm out. This I, is crazy. I can't you, do it. Wait, are you telling me you expect that guy to remain mentally stable against Aaron Judge in a playoff game? After I didn't what think you've he was. Seen. Me- I didn't think he was mentally stable before yesterday. <laughs> of all the people I know, the the one person. When I saw that yesterday, I thought, man, he, he's going to find this funny. Was you, Matt? It is hilarious. I'm just like, it's, it's but hilarious. But I can't believe this is your tipping point. But I'm saying it's hilarious, and I do find it funny. I'm also like, I'll go for Noah Syndergaard. Look, well, if, yeah, if, yeah. I'm, if, well, if, if I'm... If those are the two options, then yes, I'm taking Syndergaard. Or, right? or and I don't know, Marcus Stroman. Apparently, you could have had Marcus Stroman for a, a, an old like leather shoe from the 80s based on what the Mets gave up for. <laughs> I, mean, I can't give my leather shoes up, though. They're really, really <laughs> nice. They're, they've still got a lot of prospect to them. They're okay. a key part of my wardrobe. <laughs> so here, here's my question about that trade. Did the Yankees, Astros, Red Sox, Twins, and other contenders just like not get the memo that this was close? Hey, uh, all other contending teams, I know we're still three days before the trade deadline, but we have a decent deal on the table for the Mets going once, going twice. I'd like to go first because this is that trade and seeing what the Mets, um, what the Mets sent back or, or what the Mets sent to Toronto really surprised me. And, and I got to admit, my confidence in the Twins brass, well, and as you just said, Phil, the Astros and Yankees, it's a little bit affected. Like, are we trying? So have we entered the era now of absolutely positively uh, refusing to lose the trade by giving up prospects? Because that trade to me, when I saw it, if you had come to me and said, okay, the Twins are going to have to give away two prospects that they like a lot, but you know what? They're not named Lewis, and they're not named Kirilov, and yeah, it might hurt eventually, I'm not quite sure, but you're going to get Marcus Stroman, who, by the way, is under team control through 2020. I would have made that trade, said, I'm all in, that's fine, thank you. This definitely impacted how I feel, and I don't like this feeling now that it seems to be about if we think there's any way that we might lose this trade, we're not going to make the trade, when you again have this opportunity that the Twins have right now. Does it make you question at all whether or not you even want Marcus Stroman that the Mets do? Not like one, we, we, we've no. talked before that if Bill Belichick calls and asks for one of your players, you go, no, dude, I think we're going to keep him because if Bill <laughs> Belichick sees something in him, then there's probably something there. Is the flip side true with the New York Mets? Like, if they want Marcus Stroman, there must be something wrong with Marcus Stroman, and I want <laughs> yes. nothing to do with him. I, I mean, there, there is there is a little bit of that, I guess. They also, someone pointed this out. Let's see here. Uh, because Jason Jason Vargas, like Judd said off the top of the show, got traded from the Mets to the Phillies. Now, I don't think Jason Vargas is a very good pitcher, but the Phillies, who are above the Mets in the standings, think enough of Jason Vargas, who has an ERA of 401. Now, he's fine. He's like a number four starter. 
left-handed guy. So a team, your stated goal is to continue to push forward this year if you're the Mets, right? Based on your activity and and also now the report that for Syndergaard, they want major league talent in return, meaning like, no, we're in. We're trying to push this thing forward. And yet you trade one of your top three starting pitchers to a team above you in the standings? It, it, they it, have no idea what they're so doing. It's so weird. They have no clue. It makes no sense. But Rob, I but I want Strowman. I would I would have taken I would have done that trade, sent my what, five and six prospects, six and seven prospects to get Strowman. Can I give Rami my uh my analogy from earlier today from the Scorn of Twin Show? It depends which one. The desert one. Oh, it's pretty tortured. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I get analogies better if they're food related, but I'll listen. Especially in Milwaukee. Okay, no, I can I make saw this what you're eating there, my man. You are oh. eating well. Yes. Yes, sir. I haven't even gotten to my favorite spot yet. But yeah, I've been eating well since I got here. Vanguard? Do you hit yeah. some Vanguard? I have a comedy show actually at the Vanguard on Thursday night. Go ahead. Continue. Go ahead. People might be in uh, Milwaukee this week. MilwaukeeComedy.com for tickets uh, for all the Milwaukee Comedy Fest shows. I have shows on Thursday and Saturday. That's MilwaukeeComedy.com. So, all right, I can turn this into a food analogy for you. Okay. And then we have to get into uh, Judd's Miguel Sano rant when we come back here in a little bit. But you're in a desert, okay? And uh, you are not a billionaire. Okay, okay. Rami? You're not the other... Let's say there's there's you, Rami Makhlouf, and then there's the other Rami Makhlouf, R-A-M-I Rami Makhlouf, who's worth $5 billion, which, okay. which does exist, and it has given you problems before. <laughs> yes, it has. All right? So we've got billionaire Rami Makhlouf, and we've got non-billionaire Rami Makhlouf, and you're in a desert, and you're starving. You haven't had food. You need food to stay alive, okay? Okay. The Twins need pitching to win the World Series. See where I'm going with this? All yes. Right. Yes. So what's your favorite food item before I continue this analogy? Oh, man. It's changing from time to time. But let's just go with lasagna for today. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're starving. Yes. You're starving for lasagna, just mm-hmm. like the Twins are starving for relief pitching and mm-hmm. a starting pitcher. All right. And non-billionaire Rami Makhlouf and billionaire Rami Makhlouf both come up to the same heaping plate of lasagna. Okay. All right. And uh, the chef says... There's only one plate. Highest bidder wins the lasagna. All right, and you say, "Well, you're like the you're like the uh, Miami Marlins of of like the Miami <laughs> Marlins have a crappy farm system. So he's you're a non-billionaire, so he's dumb too. Say, hey, we'll give you whatever we can. We'll give you whatever we can. I guess we'll give you all of our top prospects, even though we have a bad farm system. And uh, billionaire Rami Makhlouf, instead of just saying, "Oh, we need that lasagna, otherwise we'll starve to death," says, "You know what?" I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna be overpaying. I'm gonna I'm, I don't want to give up that much money to uh, outbid non-billionaire Rami Makhlouf. I'll let you have the lasagna and I'll die. I'll see if there's pizza in 20 miles. Right, exactly. Yeah, no. That's no. That's what I feel like might be happening based on the Marcus Stroman trade. Like, where were some of these other contenders? Oh, we don't. Oh, that's a little that extra prospect. What? Go get does, the pitching you need to win a World Series. But does that set the market now? Like, like I, my first my first reaction was I was with you I was thinking the same thing you guys are which is why didn't the Twins or anybody else who's actually a contender outbid what the Mets did f- to get Marcus Stroman but then my second thought was okay now is does that mean that this is the market for starting pitching because if that's if that's the market for starting pitching you should be able to go out and add somebody before Wednesday at a great price at whatever the price is relative to what the Mets just gave up for Marcus Stroman depending on who that pitcher is that we're talking about them going and getting but that i mean that set the market pretty low for a good starting pitcher that could be the good news in this 
for 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 Twins fans who want them to go out and get a starting pitcher. But why wouldn't you just pounce right then? That's right. what I that's what I don't get. I mean, if you call if you're talking to the Jays and the Jays are like, "Okay, yeah, the Mets came back with this uh 6th and 7th pitching prospects or you know, and they're okay. They're I'd be like, "I'll top that right now." It it's an auction and it just froze, right? And you're like, "That's the price?" If I'm the Twins, I would have instantly jumped in and said, "I will meet that price and I will top it by a little bit and we've got a deal." It almost felt like yeah, yeah, like yeah, you go on eBay for an auction and then you forget to check it. Oh, this is going to run out in 5 hours. <laughs> and like you forgot to check it and, and some guy buys a Hannes Wagner uh, the original card for like 5 the bucks. Like, card, yes. Yeah. Anyways, um, I was you, disappointed. If you guys have any food analogies to what the twins are going through the next forty eight hours, six five one six four six eight two five five. You're welcome to to chime in. And uh, when we come back, Rami, we we want to do two things when we come back here. All right. Instead of just like getting into the Miguel Sano talker that Judd's passionate about, we're just going to play the rant that he had on the Twin <laughs> Show because it's just not possible to replicate. My voice is gone, basically, <laughs> and you can rate it. All right. Okay. All right. Can't wait. I haven't heard it yet. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North. But my, my, my question to you next year, Rami, before we go anywhere, is does the trade deadline have you losing any sleep over these next 48 hours on behalf no, of the Twins? Normally it would, but thanks to my premium my pillow that I got this year, I sleep just fine leading up to the trade deadline. Love my, my pillow so much. Had to bring it with me to Milwaukee, guys. It, it made the trip to Milwaukee. It was one of two premium my pillows that I got in a pack for sixty nine ninety eight. That's just thirty four ninety nine per pillow. That's right, only thirty four ninety nine per pillow. It's their best offer out there. It's still the best pillow out there, and it's still made right there in Minnesota. And you can get two of them. Yes, two of them for sixty nine ninety eight. A great deal on the best pillow that you'll ever buy. I love my my pillow. I know you'll love yours because my pillows patented inter. Locking fill adjusts to fit how you sleep. You can even throw it in the washer, throw it in the dryer. Comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee. So what do you have to lose? Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio special tab in the top right corner, and enter the promo code NORTH at checkout. Get yourself two premium MyPillows today at their best price ever. You can give them a call at 800-620-4439 or that website again, MyPillow.com. Click on the radio special tab and enter the promo code NORTH. Better sleep is waiting for for you, get two premium my pillows for their lowest price ever, just sixty nine ninety eight. That's mypillow.com promo code North. You'll sleep better and you'll save money. That's mypillow.com promo code North at checkout and get yourself two premium my pillows today at their best price. That phone number eight hundred six two zero four four three nine. That website mypillow.com promo code North. Better sleep is waiting for you. Get two premium. My pillows for their lowest price ever, just sixty nine ninety eight, thirty four ninety nine a piece. MyPillow.com, promo code NORTH. Check out Minnesota Sports Rewind, where Score North goes back in time and dives deep into some of the most prominent moments in Minnesota sports history, including Twins and Tigers Game 163, Twins and A's from the 2002 ALDS, Kevin Love's 30 and 30 game, and Kevin Garnett's dominating Game 7 against Sacramento. It's called Minnesota Sports Rewind on scorenorth.com, Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you find podcasts. Thank you, Jonathan Harrison. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. Yeah, Rewind, if, you, if you're a Twins fan, we've got an episode, like Jonathan said, the Moneyball game, Game 163, and we've got some more Viking-centric episodes that we are uh, plotting here behind the scenes, and we'll unveil at some point. So go check that out. 
Rami, our guy, is in uh, Milwaukee this week, part of a comedy festival out there. But you're all hands on deck with us at this trade deadline for the twin show. We have a four-hour twins trade deadline special planned on Score North on Wednesday here. So we'll see what happens. we got to get to this Judd Miguel Sano rant. Judd went apoplectic today on the Score North twin show. (laughs) I've been around Judd for... deserved. For five plus years doing a show with him, and I've known Judd for like twelve years, and I don't know if I've ever seen him like that crazy apoplectic about something. over Miguel Sano. What did Miguel Sano do uh, this that's, weekend? That's the tease, my man. We'll get to it that's in a second the here. Six five one six four six eight two five five. But we're looking for food analogies that compare to the twin situation right now, or just like your thoughts on what you would give up and for who. Tom in Columbia Heights. Hey, um, guys, um, this is a really interesting situation right here because the Mets are talking about wanting major league-level talent. And I've already made my thoughts known about Noah Syndergaard when I sent you guys the skinny Thor pick and the fat Thor pick uh, last week. (laughs) But um, would you trade Eddie Rosario for any legit pitcher, be it Syndergaard, Bumgarner, whoever, uh, to establish himself for a playoff run. He might be our most talented player, but who knows how long you're going to be able to keep him for. All right, Rami, mm. would you would you trade Eddie Rosario for Noah Syndergaard? Of the three outfielders, he he might be the one that I would I would consider for the right offer. I've told you guys before that I almost never would operate with untouchables if I were a GM. I'll, I'll, I'll answer the phone or respond to a text and listen to just about an offer for just about anybody. I might laugh at you and hang up on you, but if you call asking about Eddie Rosario, I'd listen. And if, and if it gets you a frontline starter, I was reading Dan Hayes' piece at The Athletic Today talking about why they can, a trade, they can afford to trade Lewis or, or Kirloff right now because of the way things have stacked up for this team, the timeline of when they started winning and, and where they have some depth in terms of prospects. Kirloff sounds like he's just about ready to come up here and start hitting Major League pitching right now. So if you can address a major need on your pitching staff and get a frontline starter for Eddie Rosario, I'd consider that and and hope that you can sort of bridge the gap until Kirloff is up here and, and, and hitting Bombas himself. Uh, 1,000%. For 2019, absolutely not. Here's why. Prospects are are faceless things, right? Like, if I play for the Twins, do I? Do you think I give a crap about Alex Kirilov? No, I don't. Like, if he comes up and helps me, great. Um, I believe that Rosario, one, is a good player, but two, more importantly, is an incredible, incredibly important part of the chemistry of the 2019 Twins. And if I go to that clubhouse and I'm like, he's gone, guys. I don't want to do that. You can't. It's a negative impact. We we don't. I, I'm all for treating players like pieces of meat for the most part until I until I know that I'm going to adversely impact the people that I need. Yeah, and then it becomes a problem. So I can't do that because I know for a fact that if I upset that clubhouse that much. I'm going to do some damage that's going to take way too much time to repair at a time when I need these guys playing as well as possible. Yeah, so to, to, I can't do it. To trade Eddie Rosario, and, and the reason why this has come up is because there's a report from Joel Sherman that the New York Mets would trade and are actively looking to trade Noah Syndergaard here in the next couple of days, even though they just traded for Marcus Stroman, which is odd. And they will do it for major league talent. And 
Tom's question is, all right, well, you guys are talking about trading Miguel Sano potentially for Noah Syndergaard. Why not from a surplus outfield position, Eddie Rosario? And I think the human element comes into play big time, like Jeb was alluding to here. The nickname of your team is the Bomba Squad because Eddie Rosario started talking about Bombas yep. three months ago. And I think he's loved. Like, he is at the heartbeat of this team, and he's a guy who's fighting for the team lead in home runs if he didn't sit out for okay. a while. You can't just, like, treat it. You can't treat it like rotisserie baseball. I'm not, and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to discount anything that you guys said. I agree with everything that you just said. Not only uh, the, the tangible impact that he brings to the lineup and to the field, but also the intangible and what he means to that club and that clubhouse. I wouldn't do it with the Mets because they don't have, they don't have a player that I'm sure enough about that I'd trade an Eddie Rosario. I, I like Noah Syndergaard, but his numbers are down compared to what they were a few years ago, and he's a guy who seems to constantly have injury problems. I'm not giving up Eddie Rosario for that. But if the Nationals came a-calling for Eddie Rosario and had Max Scherzer on the block, I'd definitely listen to that. I w- and, I, you know, I might just pull the trigger on it right away. If they called up and said Max Scherzer for Eddie Rosario and a couple more pieces fill in the blank... I I almost definitely do that because I know what I'm getting in Max Scherzer. Here's kind of where I'm at just reading tea leaves here. I don't have any super, super great inside information here, but just sort of like reading the tea leaves, and we had Derek Falvey on the Twin Show earlier today, and and we're talking about Noah Syndergaard, and would you trade one of your top two prospects? I I think the Twins have moved past that idea, like the blockbuster of all blockbusters where you trade the former number one overall pick for a, a guy who was maybe the best pitcher in the National League Cup. I think we're probably looking more in the Mike Minor, Robbie Ray bin of starting pitchers and a reliever that's not going to cost you one of your top, top prospects. So if, if they want, and by the way, for people who are unfamiliar, a Robbie Ray left-handed, right? I think he's left-handed. Mike Minor left-handed with the Rangers right now. If you were to bring either one of those guys in, Jose Barrios would still be your best starting pitcher, and those guys would slot in, either one of them, probably as your number two starter. Right behind him, yes. But they would be playoff rotation caliber starters and guys who've pitched in big games before, and then you add another reliever who's maybe a little bit better than Sergio Romo, but you hang on to your Royce Lewis and your Alex Kirloff combination. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that, too. Just so we're clear, I'm fine with that as well, but it can't just be Sergio Romo. Sergio Romo's a good addition. It can't just be do, Sergio Romo. Do you guys think, though, that the, the reality of this is that Lewis or Kirlov has ever been on the table? Because I honestly, in my heart, don't believe that. I don't like think they're floating those guys. It's fun, it's fun to talk about, and the Post the post clearly can come back and say that this is what the Mets are asking for, and that very well might be true, you guys. Yeah. But at least from my perspective, I, I think the, hmm, how can I put this, reckless speculation speculation that's so much fun has been been that the top two prospects could be involved i think if derek falvey was given truth serum he would say those two were never shopped and that he wouldn't trade yeah we'll, we'll put it this way uh rami if if the minute that royce lewis is put on the table the trade is done that's my yeah, I mean, if, if, you're, if you're talking with the mets about noah Syndergaard, the minute you put alex kirilov or royce lewis on the table the deal is probably done so i think other teams are Rightfully so, asking about those players, but the Twins have probably not put those players on the table yet. So you think Falvey and Levine, and I'm not, they, look, 
guys who do what they do have to lie to guys who do what we do all the time. So I'm not saying this in a derogatory way whatsoever. When they tell us we don't have any untouchables, we have guys we don't shop, we don't pick up the phone and offer these guys to teams, but we don't have any untouchables. You think they're lying to us when they say that? Yes. Okay. I, well, I, I, I think they're lying, but I would say just take a step back and think from a negotiating standpoint. You also don't want to tell other teams that, yeah, three of our guys are untouchable because then you might not even get into a conversation where you can massage the negotiation. So, right. So, really, yeah, you want to keep the door game. open. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, to Rami Smith, the Nationals called you and they're like, Scherzer and Strasburg just ain't working out here. Can we have one of your top prospects? You might say absolutely yes. So, so. It is, it is as I've called it for a long time, it's sports lying, which doesn't really count as lying. <laughs> but you're always going to stretch that truth. But I, I don't think that in the trades that we've been talking about, the Twins have ever actively gone to a team and said, Royce Lewis, we'll call you back tomorrow because we might do that. Yeah. All right, let's go to uh, our guy Chansey in Fargo is on the line. Hey, Chansey. Hey, guys. Uh, I got a question I was thinking about. I wonder why teams don't use let's say, fan perception as more of a tool to their advantage. I'll give you what I'm talking about here. Say, we all know there's a significant portion of Twins fans that, again, are under the cheap poll ad. Hey, Twins will never make the big deal. Not the Sergio Romo deal, right, but the big deal. Why doesn't the Mets GM, if he wants Royce Lewis, just come out publicly and say, we'll give Syndergaard to the Twins for Royce Lewis, and I'm announcing it publicly, and let the Twins fans put the heat on their GMs. Now, I get that he might be burning some kind of ethical bridge, and maybe the twins say, we're never working with you again. You, you, but you'd be, be tampering. Helps. You'd have to, it, it couldn't just be a direct comment. You'd be, you'd get nailed for tampering, and the trade would never go through. But like, float oh, it, really? float so it, they flo- can't? you could float it through a, a, a reporter. Sure, because I mean, I, I sometimes think like in the position where the twins fans are, so at least a significant uh, portion of them, so hungry that there would be some immense pressure on management to pull the deal if it was literally laid out in public. It wasn't a uh, hidden, maybe they're thinking about it, but if it was just expressed, and somebody might say that Falvey and Levine could care less, but hey, the uh, people selling Twins tickets next year might care if that perception continues to persist. I I just think it's a tool that other teams could use to, I guess, provide leverage uh, towards their case to get the players they want. So that's all I was thinking about. I would do it more if I could, if I was a GM, but... Then again, I'd probably be in the tampering game. Oh, you'd be fine a lot, Chancy. Chancy, you'd be six, fine constantly. Six beers in, just tweeting out things from the front Remark office. Cuban. Um, I don't think teams would care. I really don't. They'd be PO'd about it being out there, but I don't think that, that they ultimately would care. Do you guys? Um, I, I mean, if I was a GM, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take too kindly to that. And, and, and I would be hesitant to even enter into negotiations with you again in the future. If you're just going to run to the paper every time we have talks that don't necessarily materialize and say, Hey, look, I offered Syndergaard for a few. And like Phil said, you can't name names, but let's just say Brody Van Wagenen or whatever his name is for the New York Mets. Let's say he calls up the New York Post and he just says, yeah, we offered Syndergaard to the net, to the, to the twins for 
three of their top prospects, and they, and they weren't interested. If I'm the Twins, I'm like, really, dude? You just blew me up like that? You just threw me under the bus like that in the papers? Remind me to never pick up the phone again when you call. And not only that, if I'm one of the other 28 GMs in the league, I see that, and I go, just don't bother calling me, dude. If, if whatever we talk about is going to end up in the papers and just blatantly out there in the papers, I don't want to talk to you. Now, the other way you can go, he alluded to this, is you can just sort of leak this stuff to the papers without putting your name on it or having a trail that leads back to you. But if they were just out in the open and blatant about conversations that we had and were willing to put their name on it, yeah, I'm not talking to you anymore. Okay, but here, here's what's what's weird about the path that we're going down, it seems, right now, is it almost seems as if when this stuff does get out that there's this pride in saying, but I didn't make that trade. Like, the pride seems to be in... I hoarded my my prospects, good for me, and like the rest of the teams are like, yeah, that's what we do too. Yeah. So it's weird. It's not. It, it's as if the, the majority of teams now are are taking great pride in not making the move that we would like to see, but everybody else within the baseball circle says that's how we work now. Well, what's here? Here's the thing. Like, what's riskier? Let's talk about Noah Syndergaard, for instance, and let's assume that Noah Syndergaard, uh, that, that we're, we're good on the injury questions, that he's a healthy pitcher and that he's going to be productive. Is it riskier to trade prospects for Noah Syndergaard, who's a known commodity and who's been one of the best pitchers in baseball? You know what you're getting if you believe he's going to be healthy. You know what you're getting in Noah Syndergaard. Marcus Stroman's a known commodity, right? There's actually not that much risk in acquiring one of those guys other than just like general pitcher elbow risk, right? Which is just across the board for all pitchers. Mm -hmm. A risk would be turning down the opportunity to get Cliff Lee in 2010 and rolling the dice that Aaron Hicks is going to be a franchise player for you. But there seems to be a pride about that. It's yes. We're not doing that. And I get it. I understand it. If you're not, you know, if, if you're not the Yankees, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, they can sort of spend their way out of bad farm systems. They can they can also take on more money with bad contracts in trades, and uh, and that alters what you would be potentially giving up in prospects, too. So a team like the Twins can't just go mortgaging the future. You'd be foolish to just completely mortgage the future, and then you'd hit a 10- or 15-year stretch where you're terrible again, um, which is what they just got out of. But... I'm I'm with Judd on this. I mean, no one's going to crucify you for getting a known commodity A starting pitcher, but they will in retrospect for saying, "Ah, we're not going to give up Aaron Hicks for Cliff Lee." Oh, how'd that work out? Took Aaron Hicks like nine years to get good, but you know, did it with the Yankees. All right, let, we promised this Judd rant. Yeah, you guys did not pay off on Sorry. that. We will when we come back. Didn't mean for this to be a double break tease, <laughs> double breaker tease there. But uh, we will come back and uh, we'll let Rami judge the Judd Twin Show rant about Miguel Sano. Actually, it wasn't really about Miguel Sano. It was about people who have a certain opinion or fear of something that could happen. We'll get to that when we come back. Let's talk about the best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities for a moment, though. The, uh, the ace pitcher of car dealerships and service departments, Luther Brookdale Toyota. In fact, if, uh, if you're on the market about maybe trading the place you go right now for uh, somewhere better. Luther Brookdale Toyota has been helping my family for 30 plus years and about half my life I've been driving. So they've helped me through a 92 Camry trade in 98 Camry into my first uh, newer adult vehicle, a 2000 was it a 2012 Camry. I absolutely love the combination of Toyota durability and safety features and technology 
and the expertise and knowledge and friendliness I get with the staff at Luther Brookdale Toyota. I was uh, coming back from a little drive from the Wisconsin Dells this last weekend, hanging out with some family and just like tinkering around with some of the safety features on my car and couldn't have felt more safe in torrential downpour and semi-trucks changing lanes without blinkers. My car basically drove itself, I feel like, and kept me safe on that drive back. Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard. Time for the Score North download. Jonathan here. It seems a new Twins bullpen arm, Sergio Romo, is quite optimistic about his team's chances this year. He joined MLB Network Radio on Sirius XM and had this to say about his new club. I tell you what, if I get this, uh, we'll get a chance to get a fourth ring. Uh, I'm all in, right? So here I am in this opportunity with the team that I'm in. I have to be honest, I've, I couldn't really tell you the last time I was on a team where everyone you know, was expected to kind of hit a home run every at-bat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one through nine, I mean, it oh. was it was kind of cool, and uh, it, it's fun to be a part of. And just watching from the side, now having a front row seat of it, uh, I'm excited to see what this team can do. Uh, and you never know. Uh, next time we talk, I may be talking about some... Uh, some uh, jewelry on the finger. You never know. Again, that was new Twins bullpen arm Sergio Romo. Quite optimistic about the Twins' chances this year. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Thank you, Jonathan. Rami out in Milwaukee. He's going to be making people laugh, or trying to anyways, this week. The big bill. Comedy Fest. This, this is a big bill. I saw it. A lot of people. Are you nervous? No. No, not nervous at all. What if you bomb, dude? I mean, that wouldn't be new. We all bomb. <laughs> Just listen to the show every day. You got to be us. fearless. Exactly. exactly. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I never bomb as far as I'm concerned. All right. Should we play this for Rami here? Yeah. Let's let him judge it. Okay. If you missed. I haven't heard it because I did it. Judd blacked out on the Scornar Twin show today. Just completely blacked out. It started out. on Morning Judd, actually. And then I was so upset I couldn't contain myself. So I marched in the studio towards the end of the Twin show and. Basically went nuts again. All right, Rami, you listen and you give a rating. On a scale of one to Stephen A. Smith freaking out in his car after the, uh, you know, like, (laughs) 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 By the way, did you guys see the return of Stephen A. Smith today? Yeah, he's in a sling. Yeah, I think he threw out his shoulder punching the back seat of that car. (laughs) You probably did. Guys get hurt, man. It happens. All right, this is Judd on the Scarlet Twin Show today. And finally, the David Ortiz thing, okay? You idiots. You idiots out there. But no, but this isn't, it's not a conversation. David Ortiz, Miguel Sano cannot become Ortiz because what you people fail to think about is this. You took Ortiz to the curb on a Thursday and put him with the garbage. The twins put him with the garbage. The garbage man came and picked him up and he became a Hall of Fame player. If Noah Syndergaard... And, and the garbage man gave you nothing in return. No, I know. You got nothing. Just to be clear. If Noah Syndergaard... <laughs> but honest to God, if Noah Syndergaard comes back in a package for Miguel Sano, you're going to tell me in a year, oh my God, he's hitting some home runs for the Mets and all I got is a top-line pitcher? Are you people idiots? Stop! And McNeil can be moved. Don't tell me he can. Position flexibility. It's 2019. I'm so sick of this. The trade makes perfect sense. Brody Van Moron will take it. 
This is so easy. But stop with the Ortiz comparisons. It's not apples to apples. You gave the man away. Honestly, if you traded David Ortiz to the Mets and they gave you a bucket of batting practice baseballs, yes. you would have gotten more than the Twins got for David Ortiz. <laughs> <laughs> Are you all right, Judd? No, I'm just so sick. Has anybody checked your blood pressure since then? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'd rather that not be the case because oh. they might find out I'm dying. <laughs> Good God! Wow. Uh, where, where, where does that rank on the on the rantometer for you? Like on a scale of what? What's the scale here? One to ten. Uh, Stephen A. Smith in his car is the the ten. <laughs> and, okay. and one is like guided meditation. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm gonna give that like a solid like seven eight. Right. Like that that was up there. That there was a lot of passion there, and I, I hear I hear what Judd is saying. I definitely hear what Judd is saying. If you can get a front line pitcher for Miguel Sano, look, I said in the last segment I'd listen to trades for Eddie Rosario if, if we're talking about Max Scherzer or a sure thing that I know I'm getting in return. So, yeah, I'd absolutely listen to, to offers for Miguel Sano. But I'm not looking for Miguel Sano. Whatever whatever value I place on him, and I know David Ortiz has been the comparison for a long time, and I think that's just easy and lazy. People look at them both, and they go, yeah, similar builds, and they're both from the Dominican. Sure, yeah, they could both he, he could be that guy. No problem. But I... I want Miguel Sano to be like the poor man's Joey Gallo. And I, and I think there is plenty of value in the poor man's Joey Gallo in, in 2019 Major League Baseball. Now, if if he was included in a package for Noah Syndergaard, hell yes, that's an offer I'd listen to and, and a package I'd, I'd try and put together. But I'm not really in a hurry or that anxious to trade off Miguel Sano. I know he's frustrating. I see the flaws. I see the holes in his swing that we all do. But I also have seen improvement from a guy who's making some pretty major adjustments mid-season, and I see what Rocco Baldelli sees, which is a rare talent in terms of some of the things he can do with a baseball bat. So that being said, he he has value, but I, I understand why Judd is so upset. I'm going to give him a solid 7.5 or an 8. But you got to give up something. If you want pitching back, and, and if you don't want to touch your beloved prospects, okay, then you don't do that. And if the Mets want a current big league player back, and Sano, who, by the way, I guarantee you, with the next six months, something's going to—he's going to get hurt. Something's going to go wrong. This is the ideal guy to go to the Mets with and say, "We got your third baseman. You move McNeil to the outfield. He can hit home runs. Whatever. You've got to give up something." Miguel Sano is the poster child for exactly, I think, a guy that you've rehabilitated now to give up. He's not. Yeah, he ain't David Ortiz. People forget David Ortiz didn't really strike out. I mean, David Ortiz was very much a guy who could hit for high batting average. And if you go look just statistically at their rates, he struck out about half the amount of time, even sometimes less than uh, Miguel Sano. So this this would be if 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 three or four weeks ago, before Sano quote unquote fixed his swing, and uh, when he was kind of on the verge of do you send him down to the minor leagues? Do you put him on like the disabled list for a fake rehab stint or something for three weeks? Whatever you thought about him three or four weeks ago, if you thought in that moment, if someone said you might have a chance, hey, the Mets are going to trade Noah Syndergaard and they want major league talent under team control for him a month ago, Miguel Sano, you'd be like, they would never listen on that. Correct. You can't think now a month later, well, he's untouchable now because he got hot for a month. I don't. Part of this too is 
who is going to be part of this thing in three or four years and sign a long-term contract extension? And if the answer is no on Miguel Sano, which is what I think it is, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust him or um, anything about his career to this point to give him $100 million on a multi-year contract extension. He's going to be a DH in, in two years. He's a really good hitter, a power hitter, but I would be looking for guys that have value, that are young enough, under team control, but that I don't want to sign long term, and I'd be floating those dudes if I if that's what it took to get Noah Syndergaard right now. Um, that being said, do you really want to? This lineup is on pace to hit like 320 home runs. Be careful about disrupting this lineup, and be careful about I want the taking top, a big power hitter. Out of I it. want the top line starting pitcher that I can get. They need it if they want if they want a legitimate chance to win a World Series. They need that guy. Yeah. Uh, Rami, did, did Judge Rant rank above or below your Terrence Gore rant from last year? I feel like I feel like my Terrence Gore rant. There was more on the line. That was a team that just lost a playoff game. <laughs> Wait, so there's there more the, on the line for the team or for your rant? No, for, if, you, for if the, I don't if I don't nail this rant, the situation that triggered the rant, the the team itself. <laughs> that, that, again. That like if 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 like I I want to see a Judd rant after a terribly played playoff game that that the Twins or or the Vikings lose. I feel like that's what it will take to match just my intensity of the Terrence Gore rant. Intensity is the key to any good rant, and so you need the right situation to really ratchet up that intensity. I'm just mad at the fans who are just so every time you hear this, it's going to be RTs all over again. I, I finally. When do you think that end. stops? When do you think that that comparison stops? You know, I really don't know. It feels like every player who we think is an up and coming player who disappoints, and then you say to yourself, "I wonder if this guy is going to make it." Some bozo comes out of the closet and says, hey, "It's RTs all over again." Who was the other guy that actually looked even more like David Ortiz? Kenny Vargas. Kenny Vargas. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was Ortiz, too. Rami, do you remember an obscure Twins DH slash first baseman a few years ago named Kenny Vargas? No, uh, I'm about to Google him, though, to yeah. see if that jogs okay, look, look, before yeah. you yeah Before you pull up an image of Kenny Vargas, okay. just know that people were so scared. Man, if you, let, if you just let this guy go, it's going to come back to bite you like David Ortiz. Can now look like Google Kenny Vargas batting stance. Okay. Betting stance, boom, images. Yeah, he's David Ortiz. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like. In fact, I, I think he, he looks got, like he looks like if a kid went for Halloween as David Ortiz. That's that's what Kenny Vargas looks if, like. If I'm not mistaken, he actually got tutorials from Ortiz as well. Didn't didn't they, they Ortiz swap like, text messages one time? Some or jewelry wants and say, "Bring this back when when you've hit like a hundred career home runs or something." But anyway, we we're did, still waiting on that. But anyway, Rami, we said that exact thing. Oh, man, this guy's going to turn into Ortiz when the Twins let him go. Yeah. So anyway. you probably don't want to go around looking like David Ortiz nowadays. Yeah. Well, he's out of the hospital. So. That's great news, That's by the way. Yep. All right, Rami, we will catch you tomorrow. And then, uh, again, we've got a four-hour on Wednesday, a four-hour Score North Twin Show special. And it's going to be all hands on deck as we wait to see what the Twins do or and don't do in the next 48 hours. If something does not occur by 3.01, I might have to leave the studio. <laughs> <laughs> because if it doesn't happen by 3.01, I can't be held accountable for what I'm going to say. But the dump button would need to be employed constantly. Bye, Rami. See you guys. Bye. Cram Bye. session coming up next. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the other corner.
If you own a small to medium-sized business that kept employees on payroll through COVID, you may have a big cash refund waiting for you. The Employee Retention Credit is a tax credit of up to $26,000 per employee. And now, more businesses than ever qualify. The experts at RefundsPro.com specialize in cutting through the red tape of qualifying for this government program. Most of their refunds are over $100,000. Even businesses that have received PPP funds may be eligible. And there are absolutely no fees unless you receive a refund. So there's no reason not to apply. If your business experienced shutdowns, limited capacity, supply chain challenges, or reduced revenue due to COVID, you likely qualify. RefundsPro.com has already helped hundreds of businesses. So don't lose the refund you're owed by missing the deadline. Get started today with a free 5-minute questionnaire at RefundsPro.com. That's Refunds with an S, Pro.com. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for 2, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.